Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 88. I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today is Tomasz Sachevich. Tomasz, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me. Uh, if you would, get us started by introducing yourself briefly. All right, so uh, my name is actually Tomasz Sachevich, but you are pretty close. I'm Thanks. sorry. <laughs> I've been a Ruby developer since uh, 2006, and I went, let's call it professional, in 2007, uh, having Ruby as my full-time job. Two years ago, I left the company I worked at, which was basically an outsourcing company, and uh, I went freelance together with my uh, with my friend Bernard Potocki. And after a few months of basically freelancing in pair, um, a third guy has joined us, namely Piotr Szotkowski, you also might know him. You actually might know each one of us from open source conferences. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we've started Rebased, which was basically uh, sort of a gathering or a, or a team of freelancers trying to get some organization together in order to share the work or share, share the clients, uh, being able to uh, being able to offer more than one developer for, for someone who's having a large project. And so we've launched Rebased with, with three of us uh, at the July 1st. So we're going to have like uh, a second anniversary in a week. We've launched it July 1st, 2011. And then we kind of grew organically. We, we got contacted by, uh, by more and more uh, people who recognized us or wanted, wanted us to work for them. And of course, uh, we then contacted our our friends or, or people that we knew were also really good reprogrammers um, to either our team and it grew organically, naturally, uh, without any management or, or person for dedicated management. So now there's nine of us and we're actually going to get a business person soon uh, to handle, you know, streamlining work for uh, for nine gigs. Mm-hmm. Mm, so yeah, that's that's the that's the short story of of me and my company. Cool. So I guess for you, going remote was basically because you went freelance, right? Exactly. Basically, going go, going remote is a is a must when you go freelance. Right. Uh, because where else are you going to be? Now, the the other members uh, of your team are you all in Poland? Uh, we are. Okay. And are you sort of centered around one geographic area in Poland, or are you kind of scattered around? We are basically from Warsaw or the or the area around Warsaw. Okay. Uh, we haven't we haven't tried to expand to expand the team of people from from other cities, although we probably might do it. Uh, it's just that it started as a as a company of friends or or people who knew each other already. So you know, going going on a strict geographic region was well kind of natural. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're basically all from Warsaw or the areas around Warsaw. Although mm-hmm. although we are not all working in the, in one place or in one office. Right. Uh, yeah. And that, so if you're all in the same area, I'm curious. I mean, do you get together a lot? Uh, we've we've rented a um, large, nice apartment, like five room apartment, so that everyone or everything can 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 have a separate room, you know, uh-huh. close the doors and stuff. 
so we kind of maybe not encourage, but basically invite everyone from the team to, to work from the office. And it's it's sometimes even, well, maybe not necessary, but sometimes very helpful when, when you have to kick off the project or, or, or do a conference with, uh, with the whole team, mm-hmm. of which some people are remotely or with the, with the client. Uh, but yeah, basically working in office is, is optional. So many of us work from home either every day or, or remotely. Okay. Uh, and then I guess, you know, your clients are, you would classify those as remote as well from, remote from you. Are they, are, do they tend to be, um, clients in your, in your vicinity as well or do you draw from like a wider pool? We do have a, a few local clients from from Poland uh, or Warsaw specifically, but most of most of our business uh, is, is is working for uh, companies from from rest of Europe uh, mm-hmm. and from the United States. Okay, all right. Tell me about your experience with working remotely. Um, you've you've grown a team up from two what two people to nine, and uh, and you've got to coordinate all those people somehow. How does that work? Mm, I don't have to. Um, I don't have to coordinate much of their work, especially given the fact that they are very uh, well mature and pretty good at communication and soft skills. Mm-hmm. So most of most of the people at, at Rebase don't need extra maintenance. Um, and uh, but yeah, we all co- we of course have to have to develop some tools or or, or, or practices which uh, which kind of enable us to work remotely as smoothly as possible, especially given the fact that the client is usually in a remote location, sometimes even a few times also. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying the uh, remote lifestyle as compared to working at an office? So practically speaking, I am working at an office. It's just that it's okay. kind of, you know, my office or my team's office. Um, so of course, I sometimes miss having a, a direct contact with the, with the client or with the project manager or with, with the rest of the team. We sometimes basically aid teams who are already in some other locations uh, to kind of uh, hedge or, well, maybe that's, that's not a good word. Maybe in order to compensate for, for this, we try to organize meeting in person with the client or the rest of the team at least once, at least for, for kicking off the project so that, you know, everyone knows everyone like in person and there's no, uh, it's basically, it's always, it's always better to think about people in terms of a face, you know, and recognize there's some signs behind it, although I can't give, uh, uh detailed references right now. So yeah, so basically start to at least kick off the, uh, the project or, or, or meeting new client in person. And yes, of course, I sometimes miss, uh, you know, seeing on a, on a daily basis every person that I work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having the rest of the rebase team kind of on site or, or close by helps a lot. Mm-hmm. How have your clients been with dealing with, you know, with people that, that after that kickoff are uh, working for them remotely, particularly when we're talking about clients from the rest of Europe or even from the States? Do you feel like that's troublesome for them or have they have they rolled with it pretty well? There's always some anxiety at the beginning. Uh, there's of course a bit of uh, a bit of fear or, or or a bit of trust that needs to be built. Uh, but usually that wanes off after a week or two. Um, we've learned that if you are good with communication, if you're pretty transparent, if you try to set up a uh, regular calls with the with the client on a on every day or every second day, mm-hmm. and have him informed on a regularly 
what goes on, how it goes on, what are the obstacles, or, or why something is taking so long, why something to, to cut it shorter, what are the ideas, or or uh, what's going to come in the project. The anxiety wanes off pretty quickly. Uh, we've learned that we usually have clients who have tried outsourcing or offshoring before. Uh, some of them with better or worse results, and and we've learned that the um, the biggest anxiety or, or the biggest source of problems basically relates to bad communication or or lack of enough communication. So basically, right. try to communicate often, communicate well, well. A lot maybe is a bad word, but basically communicate as often as is necessary to keep everyone in the loop and everyone updated. And usually within like week or two of starting working together, the, the anxiety and the fear just wanes off and and sometimes they don't even realize that that they're working with someone a few hundred kilometers away, mm-hmm. a thousand kilometers away. That's pretty cool. Uh, and so uh, how like how in depth do you try to be with your communication to them? How much time and how much how many details do you try to communicate on a daily basis or every other day? So there's the balance to strike between communicating uh, as Having the communication as limited as possible so that you don't lose focus when you're programming, mm-hmm. but having it enough to, to, to keep everyone in touch and keep, keep everyone on top of things. I think that once a day for 15 minutes is, is enough. It's best if it's, uh, if it's within one of those low focus periods, which is basically either the beginning of the day or the end of the day or the right before or right after the lunch time, lunch time. So we mm-hmm. try to set up a daily or Every second daily calls, is that even the word in English? Uh, we basically try to set up the regular calls within one of those three, uh, within one of those three times of day. Right. Okay. Do you ever find uh, time zone differences uh, becoming an issue? Uh, a huge one, actually. Uh, time zones uh, are, of course, when working with, with with clients from from the rest of Europe, then we have a then the time zone differences. No, no bigger than two hours most. Right. But we sometimes work with companies uh, from from United States, and while the while working with companies from the East Coast, which is basically six time zones away from us, is kind of manageable. It's just that we are slowly ending our workday when they are starting theirs. Mm-hmm. Working with companies from the West Coast of the United States is kind of hard. It makes it makes either the communication loop pretty pretty long, like you know writing an email and then getting the reply. Another day, right. which is very suboptimal often, especially if you have to if you have to react quickly or if there's a or if there's a if there's a high throughput uh, discussion going on. So yeah, so it sometimes means that basically either we or the or the client we need to adjust work schedule on a given day when we want to call each other so that uh, so that nobody loses their usual. Work-life balance, or or you, or or doesn't stretch the usual working hours too much. Mm-hmm. So yes, time zones are are a huge difference, are a huge problem. Although uh, some of our clients were able to use the, the the time zone difference from them to the to the to the part of the working team to their advantage. How so? It's uh, it's very simple. Basically, by having development teams in two or three distant time zones, they are able to uh, have Constant development or, or at least constant support. They are basically able to, they are, they are sure that they always have a, have a developer on duty or the developer will be on duty within like an, an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And it means no more office hours for him. You don't have to, to, to have a, a DevOps with a, with an SLA or, or pager duty or anything like this. 
um, which means that basically distributing your team is often, is often a great way of, of ensuring that you'll have a, a, a constant support or always someone on board able to react. Right. Interesting. So have you shared, kind of shared ownership of a project with other teams in other time zones? Yes. And this means, of course, troubles with setting up the daily status calls because it means that someone will always get hurt. Uh, one of our clients from, 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 from West Coast, from California, uh, sets it up so that, uh, they have a daily, uh, they have a weekly, uh, call, status call with the European team on Monday evening our time, which is basically, well, Monday morning their time. Mm-hmm. And they also have, uh, one or two people in Japan, I think, which is basically yet another, uh, eight or time zones away from them. And they set it up in some, in some different day. So, uh, and of course we communicate with the, well, well actually not we, actually the, the developer from our side, which, which works as the European developer. Um, so the communication with the, with the Japanese part, with the Japanese team is, uh, is a bit more difficult. It's usually via emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then still the, the operations which are, uh, which are centered in the, in, in California, they're able to, to also have this kind of direct or, or, or short feedback loop and communicate with, uh, with all their teams mm-hmm. in the same manner. What's your workday like? Do you find that the, the, the remote nature of the team plus the, the difference in time zones, do you find that switches up your work schedule relative to office workers or is it pretty much a, a nine to five for you? Uh, I'm trying to keep it nine to five. I'm also trying to encourage or, or, or sometimes even press everyone at days to, to keep it nine to five. Basically, I, when I leave the office at, at, at six or seven PM, I throw everyone, everyone else out. <laughs> I'm kind of really, um, really extreme about keeping work-life balance because I've had a bit of my share with being burned up or overworking and it's, mm-hmm. it's totally not cool. Um, so, um, so even if someone, you know, does this, I don't know, extended work for like two or three hours. I, I, I try to keep track of it. Ask this person to work those three hours less on the, on the following day or, or try to somehow spread the work so that nobody works more than 40 hours a day and everyone tries to keep, uh, tries to keep working during the low sunlight or around sunlight. Gotcha. That's nice that, that you're really enforcing that. You know, one of the things that I do hear on this show a lot is that, you know, it's, it's, a, it can be difficult. Especially if you get in the habit of working from home, it can be difficult to, you know, turn work off and move on to other things because it's always there for you. There are pretty simple life hacks to, uh, to strong arm yourself into, into doing it. Uh, one is, as you probably know, is, is basically having a kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no job is more important than your offspring, like not ever, which, which means that basically if you, if you have a kid, you have to strike the work-life balance, uh, for the sake of your family. Or uh, if you're alone, if you don't have kids, or if you don't want to have kids, or, or anything like that, basically get a dog, preferably a, a large dog. And uh-huh. uh, actually, that helped me a lot during during the last years uh, because no matter how important the work is, no matter how important is the stuff to do, or no matter how much I, I, I want to do, my dog needs to be walked out at least two times a day, and both times cannot be more distant from each other than nine or ten hours, which means that basically I just need to leave the office at a, like eight hours from coming in. I might I might have to finish some work maybe then later at home. Uh but it's it's completely different then. Mm-hmm. 
why a large dog? Is it so that they make a, a bigger a bigger mess if you leave them alone? Yes, and you can't and you can't teach a large dog to basically use the cat's litter box. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could do it, do that with a little dog. <laughs> you can, you can, which basically means that that small dogs are as low maintenance as cats, right? Which is what you don't want to have. You want to have a, a, a requiring regular maintenance dog. That's great. That's a great hack. Great, yeah, a great remote work hack. Get a dog. Let's switch gears just uh, for a little while, and uh, let's talk about some of your other projects. What else are you working on? So besides the outsourcing work, besides the my kind of daily job, I do uh, I do a bit of hobby work. Um, we've, uh, with with one friend who's an active musician, uh, we've launched something that you might call a, a humble bundle of music, uh, which is which we've called Music Rage. And uh, so we basically started offering uh, packages of of, of good in, hand-picked indie music and uh, mm, and sell them in a, in a time-limited uh, actions or or, uh, or promotions for two weeks, priced for as much as you want to pay, and with an ability to decide how much of, of of what you pay goes to goes to the creators, goes to the artists, and how much goes to us as the creators of the project. And how much goes to uh, a charity chosen by us? And this went off pretty well, although not as good since uh, streaming services started to be popular. It looks like they basically buying music got uh, well, buying music got less a lot less popular when you have Spotify or Deezer or Pandora, where you just like pay a monthly fee and get access to everything you might want to listen. But then we've tried adapting the same models to to ebooks, so we got some again some great authors. We Due to the nature of ebooks, we are limited to to published markets. So, mm-hmm. so actually, the second the second project, Bookrage, which actually shares the same code base. Uh, all of the models and controllers uh, are basically extracted to a race engine, and only the views differ. So then we've launched Bookrage with uh, with some great published books, and this gathered this gathered a lot of positive feedback. This actually got kind of profitable. Not not enough for me to quit consulting uh, at the moment, but. Uh, uh, but you know, kind of getting getting some more traction. And currently, we're working on a, on a third project from the same family, sharing the, the same code base, but of course, a totally different design, totally different content. We're working on uh, uh, on a comic book service like that. So there are going to be great comics in a, sold in a, in a package in a bundle for just two weeks for only for as much as you want to pay for them, from one dollar to I don't know to a thousand dollars or as much as you want. Uh, with, with with the with the client deciding how much of the of this cash goes to uh, goes to the actual creators of the comic books, how much goes to us as the as to the project, how much goes to the charity, and at the same time we have developed an, an, a, the first icon application able to uh, able to read comic books in one of the two open formats, enabling enabling you to read comic books in a frame by frame manner. Instead of the whole pages, so basically similar to, to the comic book applications like Comixology or Dark Horse Comics, right? Because there was never a, a, an icon application that you could use to, to to read comic books in any of those open formats, and I think this was also kind of like the reason why no comic book publisher has offered before comic books in uh, no independent comic book publisher offered offered books in 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 open. Yeah, I mean that's been a really perfect. closed really closed market, right? 
Right. It, it has a it has a huge threshold for for entering if you're if you're not a huge player or if you if you cannot get into into Comixology, which is which is a great platform, but, but which is basically kind of a closed manner platform. Uh, then then you would have the real trouble getting into the market. So we are slowly getting the comic book publishers aware of this of this format that the customers might want to to buy books in comic books in those format. And we're basically launching the service to well, using the internet lingo, we're basically trying to troll the comic book market a bit <laughs> <laughs> by promoting the, the, the open comic book formats for free reading on, on smartphones and tablets. Fantastic. That's a great pro- project. I mean, it, it sounds like you've really found a nice, uh, you know, congruency between something that will hopefully make you some money, but, uh, will also, uh, move things in a more open direction. Yeah, make basically the work better a bit, you know, kind of yeah. the way part. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me and answering my questions. Before I let you go, where can people find out more about you and your company and your projects online? Uh, it's at rebased.pl. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, have a nice day and see you. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe to the show if you haven't already, go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Why, 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 why